Justin, me and Elena hosted a a bunch of her friends for a Halloween party this past weekend. Ooh, spooky. It, the theme was Barbies and Ken, so don't get ahead of yourself. Um, no. It was pretty good. It was a pretty, pretty good party idea, I'll be honest with you. Um, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about the um, absolutely masterful move that one of her friends made. Uh, and it is a move that I think I'm going to adopt moving forward. Okay. Um, when they walked in, we, we kind of like, we, we made some food, right? And, and we said like, you know, bring it, bring a snack or bring whatever. And, um, one of her friends walked in with a case full of what I assumed was just like some alcoholic beverages, right? I didn't look too closely cause I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to drink that. That's fine. No, Justin puts it down. I hear the clinking of bottles. Okay. It's like a party pack. Of assorted Haritos flavors, like the Mexican soda. Oh, you know yeah, yeah. And it was like my jaw was on the floor. I was like, that. I wish I knew that they sold them like this because it was like all different flavors, right? It wasn't just one flavor. It was like all the bottles of like all the different flavors. And like my jaw was on the floor. I was like, if I knew about this, I would have been so much more popular in college. Just showing up like, what's up, guys? Boom. You know what I mean? Because like, here's the thing. I'm sure like, you know, would people have been mad if it was, you know, just like beer or whatever? No, of course not. They would have been stoked on it. But like the way that the mood shifted when the Haritos came out, it was like it, it was like the best thing someone could have possibly brought. OK, so like how many flavors are there of a Harito? I don't know, but there were 12 in the pack. OK, 12 flavors in one pack. Was it like were there like. Did this sustain the party or did this just sustain you? Uh, I'll say this. So it did sustain the party. Okay. There were four left over and I drank three of them yesterday. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The variety pack. Uh, uh, let me see. Buy online. Um, <laughs> Doesn't even look at him. He just buys them. <laughs> you can get them on Walmart or Walmart. Good. Two options. This is not what I want. I wanted this to be easier. I was hoping this would be easier. Well, um, yeah, 12 count Haritas variety pack. There is. Oh. Do you want me to, I'll read you the flavors. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Uh, you got Mexican cola. You got fruit punch. You got pineapple, watermelon, mango, mandarin, strawberry, lime, guava, grapefruit, Jamaica, and uh, tamarind. You said there's a flavor called Jamaica? Jamaica? Is that how you spell Jamaica? J A M A I C A. That is how you spell Jamaica. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Which <laughs> um, is when you doubted me, when you were like, it's called Jamaica? I was like, no, it's called Jamaica. <laughs> that is Jamaica. <laughs> I just don't know what a bottled uh, Jamaica would taste like. Um, how much is this going for? Like, how much is a 12 pack going for? Uh, so this is on the Walmart website, which is like the only place it seemed like I could get it. And it is $11 or $12, excuse me. So that is a dollar a bottle, that which is, is just in my opinion, is a, a fantastic steal. deal. That is a great yeah. deal. And that's an easy way just, you know, have a little conversation thing at a party. But I think, let me tell you something. I think you're bearing the lead. Yeah. Because if I'm correct, this is the first time you and Elena have hosted a party in a house that you jointly own or a place that you jointly yes, that is correct in. okay that is correct so what kind of hosts are you what do you um the kind of hosts that i i made a buffalo chicken dip okay that's a solid choice that was that was a big that was a big uh people were fans of and also i'm not a cook but i was like <laughs> i want to impress elena's friends 
And and I was ambitious. And can I say, I, I thought I was biting off more than I can chew, but turns out I can chew a lot because I also made a cheesecake. Oh, Justin. a whole cheesecake. I took a, I, I saw, I've used an, a recipe I saw on Instagram. Okay. I made a, re, a, a cheesecake with a crust made out of those Pillsbury, like Halloween cookies. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh my, you're speaking my language. It was amazing. That's the kind of host I am. Like that, like. Or were, did you have a different, like, was there a more specific way you meant that? Oh, no, no. That's exactly what I meant. Because, like, it, again, like, when, when you have, you're hosting for the first time, you learn a lot about, like, the dynamics of what your hosting like life is like. So yes. in terms of, like, the prep work, were you, like, equally, like, putting things together, making food, getting dips? Like, what, was it kind of like a. I had the idea of, like, I'm just going to make this dip. And then I was like. I want to make like two things. You know what I mean? I was like, the dip alone will not be enough, in my opinion. Because then I was like worried, like, well, what if no one brings any other food? And <laughs> we just have one dip. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like, you know, people would be fine with it. It was a fucking bomb dip. But like, I was like, I want there to be like a also another thing. You know what I mean? So I did the cheesecake. It turned out great. Elena, it's not that she doubted me, but she also didn't think I can do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was explaining it over the phone. I was playing Fortnite with some of our friends and I was explaining it over the phone, uh, over the headset to them. And in the back, she goes, <laughs> <laughs> so they heard that so that was good um because i was like explaining i was like i'm gonna make it tonight but i was on the phone with them and she was laughing at me well, but it came out good don't you need like a specific pan for that do you have a cheesecake pan i, I did uh find that out that i needed a specific pan for that while i was at the grocery store so okay. i was like okay if they don't have this i'm not gonna do it uh -huh. they did have it so i bought it and I was like, I'm going to make more cheesecakes eventually. So, <laughs> You're going to be your cheesecake own pan acquired. Per personal cheesecake factory over here. Dude, I've been so I leave the house with three things in my pocket because I, I, I'm done with a wallet. I don't like how it makes my back feel. I don't like sitting on the, the wallet. Right. I leave my house with three things. My driver's license, my credit card and a cheesecake, a cheesecake factory gift card that has $19 on it. That's enough for two pieces of cheesecake, right? Oh, yeah, it is, Justin. It's Hitbox. on everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 167 is that right i thought we did 167 last week we did not we did 166 i don't I, i'm not doubting you justin you put together the show the the, the show doc, i mean so you've never done it in, you've never done it incorrectly before i don't know why you would do it now did you do it incorrectly once i think, Maybe I, once. I, think I did i think i did i think we're like perpetually two episodes behind we just haven't realized that we've repeated an episode once no i think we're actually pretty good let me say this, 167 episodes, if you've been wrong once, that is an incredible ratio. Yeah, true. And two, we have missed three episodes in three years. One of those was not planned, two of those were. Like, and we've made up for it with all of our additional coverage. We so have. like, I'm just trying to say, like, if, if there is a mistake made, it is so inconsequential in the grand scheme of how, how we've been doing this, and also for how important this podcast is. Uh, my name is Peter Hunt Spitek, and joining me as always is my wonderful friend and co-host, uh, of the most important podcast ever ever to exist, Hitbox, uh, Justin Makovich. How are you doing, Justin? So you don't have a wallet, but then you have three cards. How are you carrying those? Are they just like oh, they're in just your pocket? They're just loose in your pocket? <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. I'm in shambles, Justin. 
<laughs> I want to get. Have you seen these? Like, um, they're like, <laughs> it's like two pieces of like metal held together with like a uh, like elastic. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know where people are getting these. Like, probably um, just the internet. But how do you even Google that? Wallet replacement? Yeah. Uh, wallet strap metal. Wallet. Wallet replacement card holder. Um, this is all bad. These are like all bad. Oh my god, this is great. I came up with a bunch. You can get a bunch. This one, oh my god, these are expensive. A carbon fiber smart wallet, slim, hard, trackable. Like this seems. I you see that's. I don't need it to be trackable. It will be in my pocket and nowhere else. But, and if if I lose it, all those cards are just canceled immediately, and I'll mourn the loss of my nineteen dollars of Cheesecake Factory. But I'll be happy that someone out are you, there are you is going to call use the that. Cheesecake Factory and be like, "Hey, I got to cancel this gift card I got. <laughs> Someone stole my wallet." <laughs> yeah, it, it, precisely. I'll also say this: I've only been to the Cheesecake Factory like three or four times in my life, and the first time was recent. Um, but now that I live, oh, now that I live. <laughs> <laughs> you dox yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna bleep that out. <laughs> but now that I live um, near a cheesecake factory, so <laughs> you know, if, if you want to <laughs> narrow it down from right, there, so um, we're looking I've at been the, several times the north suburbs of Chicagoland <laughs> area. We got to find every cheesecake factory, and we're gonna blanket everything until we find where you live. Um, how many are there in Illinois? There's gotta be a couple. Um, oh, like a few. Yeah. Yeah, okay, there's there's a bunch. Yeah, it's there's a, like five. Oh, there's six, so you can but like narrow it down from all there. in the northern suburbs. Um in the suburbs. I think I wanna keep it <laughs> keep it just in the suburbs. <laughs> um <laughs> Justin, here's a here's a preview of what's coming up in the news. <laughs> so we move away from <laughs> Um, where I live specifically. Uh Microsoft is embracing AI and everyone dislikes it. The Epic Games Store is still not profitable, and PlayStation says goodbye to Twitter. We're going to talk about those three headlines and more. Before we do, I want to tell our listeners that they can join our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. They can uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash hitboxpod, become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll, like Dave Parker, and like GKS. Every single week, we post an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Um there's there's a lot of episodes on there we passed 70 this this past week i think we're at like 73 for this week um so if you're interested in that three dollars a month it does a lot for us to to cover the cost of our rss feed and all that sort of stuff um if not that's all good you can follow us on twitter at hitbox pod uh and if you would be so kind to uh rank or rate this podcast in your podcast player of choice that would also do a lot for us enough about that though justin let's go to the metacritic roundup let's do it Metacritic Roundup. We got four games in the Metacritic Roundup, Woo. Justin. Um, like I, I don't for, for whatever reason I've I've sort of felt like oh like releases are slowing down, but like it's simply not true. No, I don't think we've had um, four releases in a while since at least two weeks. I was gonna say it's been like two weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, the first game is a fucking first party Nintendo game. Uh, WarioWare Movement. This is uh, the next entry in the WarioWare uh, series, and this scored a 75 from critics for the Nintendo Switch, the only place that it is being released, uh, as is typical for Nintendo's launches. Justin, are these reviews telling you anything about about 
if you should be picking up WarioWare Move It? I, I think what, what this is telling me is that it's WarioWare. It's more of that. Uh, I don't know if I ever really, really have gotten into this series as a whole. No. Um, it seems like it's it's Mario Party but missing something and like way quicker and way um, more absurd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to say the least. Um, and I think like part of it too is like it's one of those games that I think if you're in a group, you can play it and get a lot of fun out of it pretty quickly. Um, but also, like, I mean, have you played before? WarioWare in general? Yeah, yeah. I remember the one, there was one on the Wii that was a big part of, like, going to friend's house as when I was a kid. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just always feel like it's one of those things that really isn't a great party game because so many of these... Um, so many of the actual like mini games are such a specific thing that part of the struggle is knowing what the hell they want you to do. Because if I'm remembering correctly, it's not like Mario Party where like in Mario Party you get like a briefing of like, hey, here's what's going to happen. And you can even like practice a little bit. Whereas this one, it's just like pick the nose. Yeah. Or and, whatever, and, yeah. And it's completely ambiguous. And like part of it, it's like they're all like like 10 second little mini games that aren't super long. Um, but yeah. doesn't WarioWare do you always seem like it's like like not a Nintendo game? <laughs> Like yeah, it's 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 very bizarre. And Nintendo does bizarre stuff sometimes, but it's like anytime like I see like I'm watching this trailer on Metacritic right here, and it's like there's one where you have to like pilot Mario sliding down the stairs in Mario 64, and that stuff always looks like like fake. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like a weird like like addictinggames.com version of Mario. Or like I remember there's one for Wind Waker where you had to like parasail or something like that. Um yeah, I agreed. Yeah, it, it's like it seems like so not Mario or not Nintendo. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I also think like this could be like a like a larger discussion, but a lot of these games that require you to be with people, they just don't I don't know if they like necessarily like have the same allure of what they used to do or what they used yeah, to have. Yeah, and here's like here's the thing. I like I sort of like judge every sort of party game like is this going to be better than Jackbox? specifically like quiplash or faking it or like the the six of them that i think are like truly hysterical and like fun no matter who you're with and if the answer is no then you don't play it and if the answer is maybe then i also don't know if we're gonna play it would this be more fun than jackbox maybe but like i'm even thinking about the party the, the aforementioned party that we hosted um where the the 12 pack of haritos came out um, my life is divided into two sections: the part before that happened, and then and everything all the moments after. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like a lot of the people there like play video games like pretty frequently and like like games and whatever. But like, I, I don't know if this would have gone down well with us. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just so specific and and just like such a weird point of entry that like I don't know if like WarioWare is it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Wario is also one of those weird characters. Um, he went from just to be like Mario's enemy to a farting weird. Yeah, so just like a, ma- like a garlic, like yeah, yeah, like maniac kind of character, like a garlic, <laughs> a garlic eaten. Uh, yeah, just, like like just like the a, a physical embodiment of garlic, yeah. the smell of garlic breath. Yeah, wow, <laughs> you know I'm I mean? I'm literally smelling that through the screen right now in a very bad yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Warrior Wear Move It, I'm not going to pick it up, <laughs> um, but I wasn't going to. Like, like no matter how the reviews were for this game, I probably wasn't going to try this. No, no. Too many games out right now to play something that I really don't have interest in. Exactly. And I just spent $60 to play Mario Wonder with Elena, and we played it one time, so I'm not, I'm not yeah, well, giving I, a shot on Warrior Wear. How much did you just spend on Haritos? 
Uh, what was it? Twelve dollars. <laughs> but I actually I spent zero because uh, it just showed up. Oh, it's there. <laughs> I did it's not there. know that was coming. You still yeah. got one. You got one left, and it's Jamaica flavor. Uh, no, it's the it's the Mexican cola one. I was gonna have that one last night, but then there's caffeine in it. It was like nine o'clock when I was gonna drink it. I was like, no, 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 no. You can't do that to yourself. No, I'd be up all night, Justin. Come on. <laughs> uh, next game in the Metacritic round up here is Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. Probably the front runner for the video game with the longest title from 2023. Um, probably with a bullet. Um, Justin, this has scored a 79 on the PlayStation 5, a 77 on PC, and a 78 on Xbox Series X. It is unscored on the PS4 and Xbox One, but it is launching on both platforms as well. Um, this is the spinoff of the Like a Dragon series that follows Kiryu. Um, it's my understanding he's retired from being a part of the Yakuza and is now a secret secret agent. Um, and it's it's more of like the beat him beat him up style of um, what was the the spin the other spinoff you played? Judgment. Um, Judgment. Uh, as opposed to the and like the older Yakuza games, as opposed to the turn based combat that is now going to be the um combat style moving forward for the like a dragon series yeah um but what, what do you think of this justin as a, as a seemingly newfound uh like a dragon convert well i think i think for me part of my like of these games has to do with when i first started playing it when i first started playing um like a dragon that was my first foray into the series so it was all new to sure. me and i think that was such a perfect entry point because while you technically near the end of that game needed to know who some of these characters were because there's like references like they like all show up yeah like here you shows up like and i'm like okay yeah. i know you're important i've seen you before um so like all the side quests all the weird stuff all the like you know watching people dress up as babies and stuff like that the 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 side mission where the guy was naked and he kept getting into compromising situations like all that stuff was new and fun to me and then i played uh judgment and i was like wait a second this is the same fucking game <laughs> it's just it's just a different story and a different combat style so yeah. um it, it feels like this game in itself is very similar in which the story the main story is new and unique but the packaging around it is still the same type of activities, tone, side quests, things that you'll normally do in it. Um, and some people love love these kind of games. I just don't know if at this point I'm stoked, jazzed, or enticed to play more of this game, even though I did enjoy my time with both um, Judgment and with Like a Dragon. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I, like, I liked the, like, what, two hours of... of like a dragon that I played, but like, I, I don't think that I'm going to be going, uh, rushing on picking this one up. Although I believe it is on game pass. I might be making that up. Uh, um, I think it is. I think it is coming to game pass. I mean, right now the only thing um, game pass is used for in my house is power wash simulator. I'm sorry. I downloaded thirsty suitors, which we're going to talk about in a second oh, here. So I'm going to play that. Oh. It's on game pass. I'm very excited about it. Um, but I think, I, I believe this is on game pass. Um, so that, that does make it a lot easier for me to check it out. Um, oh, but the, it's not out until the ninth, which is the day after hitbox day. Um, ah, yeah. So, well, there you go. So, so I guess we'll, we'll find out when that happens, mm. but, um, that makes it easy enough to pick up if, if I am curious, but I, I think I'll probably skip it. Although it seems like it's a super solid entry for fans of the like a dragon series who are looking for more of that weird stuff and more of the, um, 
active time combat and Kiryu. But yeah, I mean, for me, these things like I like I almost wish it was just like a cheesy movie that you could watch because I'm always riveted by the yeah. cutscenes and things like that that happen in, in the game. Um, and then I kind of feel like the side quest stuff is you need to like level up and stuff is just not my my jam per se, but. Um, the stories themselves are always, I think, just really like good crime epics. So more of that, I think, is great. So and if it's on Game Pass, for sure. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, speaking of thirsty suitors, though, that is the next game in the Metacritic Roundup. We've got a scored 80 on PC, a 74 on PS5, and it is unscored on the Switch, Xbox Series X, Xbox One and PS4. Um, but it it's coming up just about everything. Uh, I'm looking here. I'm curious about what the um, sort of discrepancy is between the PC and the PS5 reviews here. Um, it doesn't seem like it's having it doesn't seem like it has a ton of like issues. I don't think there it might have that many reviews of it to begin with. Um, yeah, so. it, it seems like it's just that yeah on ps4 uh, on five there are only six reviews as opposed to 18 on, on pc and it just seems like some of the lower scores were uh, on ps5 yeah, and not not um, to not to like uh, calling anyone out here but um um elder one gave it a, a zero a user eldar one and said another garbage of social justice warrior culture yeah i bet it's because it's a non-white woman who you're playing oh, as man man the worst yeah. thing to do in the world right wow they really got really us. just you know he man he rose it he, he made a good point but um yeah i just i damn, just they really got i'd us. like to close my mind and not not open to new experiences and cultures and ideas i just that's the way i prefer to live my life i don't know about you but yeah, exactly uh i didn't sob when i played venba or anything no no um, i didn't like immediately like just think about like i need to like talk to my parents more. i, I, t- I texted my mom <laughs> yeah, i actually did do yeah, that yeah. <laughs> um Here's here's a good user review. Incels hate games that have non-white people in them, <laughs> but it is a fun and very creative action RPG adventure sports thing. Ten, <laughs> so uh, eight. Um, okay, <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> so, I'll say I'll say that I trust that guy. Yeah, <laughs> like or whoever that is. Um, I don't know. I, th- this looks wacky and weird. Uh, we we saw this at this is a Devolver Digital, I think, published game. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, or is it not? Is it Annapurna? Um, it's one of them. I'll look it up. One of the two. Um, I'll say this. Oh, it's Annapurna. Me- the new Metacritic layout makes it hard. Uh, to, yeah, to you got to scroll down to things. the bottom and then blink twice and you'll see it. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. This is weird. It's like a it's like a skating dating sim that also has like rhythm elements to it and like action RPG stuff. I, like it looks like a really weird blend of stuff that is um, very very up my alley. Um, I don't know. I am gonna I am gonna play this uh, after after I'm done sort of with the plate of stuff that i'm working through uh because also i imagine it can't be too long right how long is let's see there's uh how long to be it's 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 probably like uh um eight hours okay that's like the perfect thing and i mean you get a game like in where, where in eight hours can you play a cooking game a skateboarding game um and an art uh real-time strategy game not real-time strategy game uh uh um rhythm game no no i think it, it's like a turn-based oh is that right yeah. like an rpg yeah, a, a turn-based rpg yeah like that sounds great and eight hours is exactly how long i want to play games right now <laughs> <laughs> like it's exactly how much time i have for uh-huh them. Um, um i did see a picture of a dog skateboarding on a on a skateboard right over here which makes me excited um i also noticed that outer loop games uh their last game that they made was falcon age 
um, a game that I own, but I've never played, um, and I have it for um, VR. Oh, I've never heard of such a game. Yeah, it's basically you have a little falcon pet. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and you like you know make it do things, and it grows with you. Gets a little older, more experienced. <sighs> yeah, I bet that's kind of sad. But I have it downloaded. I will report back once I've played it. Um, last game in the Metacritic Roundup is the Talos Principle 2. This is um, the follow-up to the Talos Principle 1, obviously. Uh, it's a puzzle <laughs> game. <laughs> um, that it, it was well-received well back when it came out in, what, like 2016, 2017? Uh, and it scored an 86 on PS5, an 87 on PC, and is unscored on Xbox Series X. Um, apparently, this is a very, very, very worthy follow-up um, to the Talos Principle 1. Uh, I don't think I ever played the Talos Principle 1, uh, I confuse it with Turing, what's the, the game, Turing? The Witness. Oh, The Witness. Yeah, um, just because it's like, I think you're like on an island or something like that. Um, the Turing Test is is a decent puzzle game, though. Um, That's a puzzle game, too, right? Yeah. Talos Principle is also a puzzle game. Yes. Turing Test yes. is a puzzle game. The Witness is just ambiguous. I guess so. I think, didn't you say that I should give it a shot again? Or give it a, sh- like, try it out now? Yeah, why not? Now that I like my weird-ass yeah. shit, like Chance of Center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah <laughs> the whole world becomes a puzzle peter the whole world is a puzzle it's, see i like that like <laughs> yeah, i might i might like that a lot yeah. but um yeah so talus principle 2 um this has been like a really good year for puzzle games between chance of Senar and uh humanity and uh, i'm most certainly forgetting a handful of other things um, it seems like it's it's doing okay, and uh, I want to check this out. You could you could finish that sentence. This has been a good year for blank games, and you would be pretty accurate. The one thing actually is so true. It's not been a good year for game developers, but it's been no, which we will talk about later. Yeah. But um, yeah, Tales Principle Two. Are you are any interest in picking this up? No, puzzle games are not my life. Is enough of a puzzle without me playing a video game that is also a puzzle. Dude, how profound! That, how true. That's why in Spider-Man Two, I love those those puzzles when you're like getting the bad thing out of like a molecule, and it's just like press the things that like, are bad. This. Yeah, and I'm like, I got yeah. it, man! I solved this thing. I'm smart. Yeah. Speaking of Spider-Man Two, though, I see that you have it. Uh, you've got it listed as a game you've been playing. After we talked about it last week, I was sort of. Uh, uh, convinced that you were you were done that you were putting it down for for good yeah i mean did you platinum it no i picked it up uh probably played it for another like two hours just to kind of swing through um i really feel like uh i i don't i don't even know if this is the best way to play it but i feel like this these are not meant to marathon the side quests and the in the um side activities like once you get through the actual like once you're through the actual quest side quests that you are are like pretty interesting and varied and different and you're just doing all like the icon stuff like chase this thing clear this base do this kind of stuff you're really doing these very repetitive activities to get a chunk of story at the end of it yeah um but i think ultimately it's the same thing that happened before with with spider-man it is something there's just something just chill and zen about going around the map and clearing it off in a way that most yeah. open world games don't have that luxury because most open world games you're just fast traveling to the next location or getting on your horse and and, wa- and riding to the next location or slowly walking to the next location or even worse going through a door and starting a loading screen <laughs> to your next location <laughs> um so, like, you know, at a certain point, 
Uh, I think the traversal is good enough that I am enjoying it significantly enough just to swing around. Um, and then you find something that you pick up and you, you know, make some progress along the way. So I'll probably end up finishing it, but there's just so many things right now that once I have a chunk of time to actually play a game, I think I'll probably pick up something else. Um, so, sure, and I did, sure. I did get a new, I got to install it, a new two terabyte um, internal hard drive system for my PlayStation. So can download uh, precisely two more games. <laughs> Dude, good luck with that. You need to uh, basically crack it in half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to unscrew seven things. Mm. Make sure you don't lose those screws. Put it all in. Okay. Um, I, I wrote a guide on how to do it. And I, I like I remember watching because they, they like uh, PlayStation posted a video about like, here's how to do it. And it's like it. 18 minute long video it's not it, i'm being hyperbolic but it is like significantly longer than the xbox one which is just plug it yeah, in it, it's it's, <laughs> like, it's like learning how to tie a bow tie uh you gotta first like t- twist it over cross over a couple yeah, things yeah. use magic and all of a sudden it's done right and that's the thing it's like it's like oh i guess yeah i guess i'll just go buy that tool huh <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> you, know, it's, you don't need a tool but like you know what i'm trying to yeah, say yeah. i'm being hyperbolic but um are are you are you getting anything out of those side quests? Are you like, do you like them? I think that they're pretty good, but I also like I did them like I paced myself. You know what I mean? I didn't just like I, I had to just do some cleanup at the end. I just I, I like I think there's just not stakes in them. Um, they feel like such like throwaway one offs to me that I'm not like super super engaged with them. Um, sure. And a lot of the stuff that they're teasing can be pretty interesting, but like just overall, it's just it's okay. Like I just don't feel like mm. it holds up to the quality of the other stories in the same way. Um, that I thought the main story did because that's still one of my favorite cinematic story experiences of the past couple years on the PS5. It was like, yeah, it was good. There's something to be said for like, obviously, like you know, we don't like. I'm not here to just shit on Xbox, right? In fact, it's, it's where I tend to prefer to play my games. Mm-hmm. That said. There hasn't been like a story driven game that like Xbox has published that I have just like been so like that I've just so deeply like uh, uh, connected with in the way that like Sony has done with like just time and time again with like all of their stories. And like I feel like, you know, you could make arguments like on a surface level like, oh, they're all the same. You know, it's all about like friendship or like parenting or whatever. But like. It's not <laughs> like, like I feel like those stories like there's like a lot of like commonalities between them, but I think they all have like such interesting, diverse like takes to, to give on those sorts of things. But I don't and know. I mean, if, if there is any kind of medium that is going to create a story that engrosses you and like really just like becomes your focus for eight to 15 hours, like that is such a rare treat. And the fact that yeah. Sony does two of these a year um, and like, it's consistently that kind of situation where even if it's not your favorite version of that, it is still a good version of that, that you get to watch. And it's just something that I'm appreciative of as a gamer, because they're the kind of games that I enjoy. Um, I tend to have a lot of like time to like, at certain points to just marathon and like dump a bunch of time into a game and then like, don't have enough to like slow play it. Um, so yeah. like, I really appreciate that these games come out 18 to 20 hour experiences, get my time done with it. And then I can move on to the next thing. And I just think that's such for me, the perfect type of experience. And for all the jokes about how much Xbox sucks, um, it's really Xbox doesn't suck. I don't think it does at all. I just prefer they're, the, they're going for different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, is grounded a worse game. Cause it doesn't have a gripping cinematic story. No, of course not. It's just like 
a, a gripping cinematic story is what's going to resonate with me personally a little bit more. You know, yeah. um, what if they had the um, uh, arachnophobia mode in Spider Man? Well, they do. It's when he plays the cube. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh. Uh, I've been playing Alan Wake two more, Justin. Um, oh man, the, uh, I'm not gonna. Sp- I don't want to say what it is here. Um, but there is perhaps one of the most unexpected sequences I've ever experienced in a video game, maybe ever, uh, that is akin, like, it is something that, like, now that I'm on the other side of it, I think about, like, the best parts of control, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that they would want to do something like that again. But, like, the way it happens and what it is is like so delightful and so amazing. Alan Wake 2 is such a good fucking game, dude. So uh, we you talked about it last week. We saw the yep. Let's Play. The one thing that I would be concerned about when playing... Uh, by the way, uh, patreon.com slash hitboxpod. $3 deluxe podcast. You want to see some Go good impressions of it. Um, the thing with me when I was looking at that, the moment-to-moment like combat still doesn't look mm-hmm. super engaging to me. Um... I think it is like personally it is I would say it's a much better paced game than the first one is because in the first one like you know within the first hour you're in the woods you've got a gun the flashlight you're like mowing down like hundreds of the taken right whereas this game like I might have killed a hundred enemies at this point and I'm like 15 hours to 17 hours in right might have killed a hundred enemies but what that means to me is that like it is really good at like letting the setting be spooky and like letting it really, really build to like when those encounters do happen, they are effective and, and scary. I think the combat's pretty good. Um, I, if there was more of it, I wouldn't complain because I think the combat is satisfying and fun, but I think that the fact that it is so well paced and it lets the like tension really build before like having an, an enemy attack you, like, I really appreciate. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that like works. And like the moments between there seem to be like good, good enough story wise and just like, you know, exploring it. But I mean, we saw in the, in the, the clip that we did together, very few combat encounters. It just looked very, eh. Uh, there is a lot less combat than the first one by far. Uh, but I don't think that's necessarily bad because also the combat is difficult. Like once you get the hang of it, it's not so bad. But like those first like few combat encounters, I, like I said I, last week, I think the game puts its doesn't put its best foot forward with its combat because the first thing that you do really like the first enemy you fight is a boss for the most part. And the and it's in a dark environment where you can't really see where you're going and you get really lost like and it's challenging. So like it's it's tough. You know what I mean? That said, once you get in the groove with it. I think it it does get significantly better. I also think that the first area that you explore is not the best area in the game. So like in terms of its design and whatever. So like I felt like I was always like opening my map and like kind of getting lost when I was like exploring. And I think it's a lot more well designed in the other areas that you do go to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, in terms of just me and like prioritizing my time from your perspective, not what you think I'll like better, but from your perspective, would it make mm-hmm. more sense to play Dead Space Remake or Alan Wake 2 first? <laughs> I'm breaking you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think Dead Space Remake is probably going to be shorter. 
Um, so just in terms of like prioritizing your time, I might do that because you could probably knock that out in a week and a half, two weeks, whereas Alan Wake's going to be a little bit longer. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would say that maybe. Is there, uh, but like from your perspective, if you, like you playing both of those games, which one would you reach for first? Alan Wake. Is it close? Dead Space 2 is, Dead Space is really good. That's like the Dead Space remake is really, really good. Um, there's stuff that I've done in Alan Wake that I've never done in a video game before. There are moments in Alan Wake that have surprised me in ways that like, I, like I could, I could not be more delighted playing Alan Wake 2. Okay. Um, Dead Space is a great game, but it is also a remake of a game from 2008. So like, even if you've never played it before, you do kind of like, it's like, it's familiar. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Alan Wake 2 it, uh, you want a perfect example, like a perfect showcase for the PlayStation Five or the Xbox Series X? It's Alan Wake Two. Okay. okay, got it. Um, which, by the way, like, like I know you tend to play games on like PS Five more. I might suggest playing it if you care about like frame rates or anything like that. I might suggest playing it on Xbox. To my understanding, it is uh, its performance mode is much more solid than the PS Five one is. But that's just me. I mean, what plays better on a backbone is my real my real question. Oh, um, you might have tough, some trouble with Alan Wake. I'll be honest. There's some reading in that game. <sighs> um, some t- small text boxes. But I imagine they, they, you can probably, like, the settings seemed pretty robust. So you yeah, my, my, my father-in-law left his reading glasses here. I'll just use those. It'll probably help. Yeah, just pop those bad yeah. boys on uh, for some late-night gaming. Um, but no, Alan Wake 2, like, dude, it's so good, man. And, like, uh, I've gotten to the point where, like, like, we talked about this. This is not a spoiler. You can switch between Alan and Saga and their stories. And I was expecting, like, I was expecting to like Saga and her story, but I was mostly like really excited to see like the Alan Wake stuff. But to be entirely honest with you, I think the Saga stuff is better because like there is a much more like direct and clear mystery that's sort of unfolding. And like there are enough like basically every half hour with Saga, you kind of sit back and like after something happens, you like don't touch your controller for a second because you're like processing and you just go like, huh, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like interesting. And then like, that thing leads into another thing and leads into another thing. Right. Uh, and it's just a lot more like, uh, of a straightforward mystery. Whereas the Alan Wake stuff, um, I, I can sort of see what's going on, but I don't know where it's going. You know what I mean? And because, um, his stuff takes place in the dark place. Um, whereas Saga's stuff takes place in the real world for the most part. Um, the logic of what Saga is doing always makes sense. Cause it's like, well, I'm going to go here and talk to this person and then talk to this person, do this here. Whereas with Alan, it's like, I'm going to go to this new place. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write myself going to this new yeah, place, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, also like if you're a remedy fan dog, this is like, it's not control 1.5, but like it is very clear. Like it is, it is, I'm trying to think of like, it's like the second phase of the MCU where like they're, they're really starting to connect. It's not the sort of thing where like, it's not the Avengers where it's like a shared screen time, but it's like in, uh, I'm having bad examples right now. Uh, it's like, it's like in Thor Ragnarok where Dr. Strange shows up for a minute and you're like, Whoa, hey, you know buddy, I mean? what's like, oh, that's up? Fun. Yeah. Like, I know Dr. Strange. So like, I know like what he's all about. And, like all the, I know why this is cool and special. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, there are some moments in, in this where like, I know control. And so I know why this stuff is cool. And special. Are they building to like, towards like the super remedy bros when you get to like control, like fight each other, like in like an arena game and you just get to have them all attack each other. I don't know. Like you get to wait, what? I don't know. Well, I was just making a joke, and now you're being all coy mm, with it. Know. Now I'm, now I'm know, thinking maybe. that um, Sean Ashmore is going to come in there and start to phase through time and space. 
Phil, every single time Sean Ashmore shows up, it's always a delight. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Although he's not, he's not playing his Quantum Break character. For now. For now. You don't, uh, as long as Microsoft has the rights. Uh, you know, Phil Spencer's like, oh, well, uh, I think uh, we're to be... That was actually a pretty good impression. We're to be right here for the gamers, right so... Uh, he's like, Call of Duty... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mine was yours was pretty good. I'll be honest with you, yours is pretty good. Um, he's got like like a very like teeth forward smile yeah, in a way yeah. that I really like. Yeah. Like I'm like I like I like the guy. He seems like a nice yeah. guy. Anyway, Alan Wake Two, go play it. It's very good. Um, let's talk about the news. Let's do it. Speaking of Microsoft, um, they announced today that uh, they're going to be incorporating. Um, the AI company uh, InWorld to have them, um, quote, explore more creative ideas, turning prompts into detailed scripts, dialogue trees, quests, and more in terms of game development, um, which has not gone over well with a lot of people. So basically, like, um, this announcement is that Microsoft slash Xbox is going to be using AI to help write its games. Um and uh, here are two bullet points that I uh, that have been going around a lot lately. Um, and it, so like in terms of like what it is meant to do, this is from like the official Xbox channels and everything like that. Um, an AI designed co-pilot that assists and empowers game designers to explore more creative ideas, turning prompts into detailed scripts, dialogue trees, quests and more. Next bullet point, an AI character runtime engine that can be integrated into the game client, enabling entirely new narratives with dynamically generated stories, quests and dialogue for players to experience. Um, I think it's interesting, like reading these things, um, you know, they are very deliberate with their wording. It's, it, it empowers game designers, right? It does like it empowers them. Like it's, it's making it better for them. But like, I think for the most part, like the response I've seen from devs to this have been like, um, uh, this is <laughs> Sam Barlow who made immortality tweeted a, a screenshot of those two bullet points and says, I do not want this dot MP3 <laughs> like, <laughs> for the most part. I've, I've seen that like developers are not interested in this. Um, you know, we talked endlessly about like when making art, people value human touch, like human fingerprints are all over my favorite pieces of art that make it like so specific. Right. And like, can an AI do that? Not from that, from what I've seen, like you know we we've also talked about like ai will only get better as time goes on and so like who knows maybe it'll get there but like right now like it's not there and and i i'm i'm uncomfortable with this idea especially six over six thousand game developers have been laid off over this past year and it is not an industry that has six thousand job openings you know what i mean and so to me this says okay ai is going to be doing someone's job until you know and and it, it makes me uncomfortable you seem like you have opinions on this and i want to hear about them just well i i uh, it's very complicated of course with what i think about it because there's no matter what technologies are out there there are going to be some sort of human costs uh in terms of like what how we adapt to them as humans because we can use yeah. our time for other things for example the internet i love the internet yeah you use the internet Love is maybe a strong word for it. But who's grabbing, who's buying encyclopedias now? Right, that like changed that industry and kind of like changes how that information got out there. And I think that we're just in this like kind of like new realm where 
people's number one goal, company's number one goal is to find out how to make money from AI. That's what their goal is yeah. right now. Yes. Um, I talked with someone uh, who uh, works with Google um, and she used to work in a different kind of field of it and she got moved into their AI division because Google's number one focus right now is AI, trying to find out how to use AI, how to make sure AI is something that is going to be um, uh, uh, the future for Google and what it can do. So I kind of hate personally, and I think this is, I don't know who is responsible for this. I think the worst thing about AI is calling it AI because we are associating all the Skynet stuff with what is essentially a program that is just writing to... Chatbots. Yeah, yeah. It's a very different type of thing in what it can do. Because it's not intelligent, like like, and that's the thing that I think like people get exactly what you're saying is like people get hung up on like, oh my gosh, you can think for itself, and like Elon Musk is like tweeting like, this is so crazy, and it's just like an article like we asked a chatbot if it wants to be sentient, and it's just like it's not thinking, yeah, it's not, it is it is spitting words at you, but it's not it's not a brain anyway. Go now, on. Have you ever did you use photo like what was the what what do you first remember using Photoshop? <laughs> um. I didn't have access to it for a long time, okay. so it was in college. So um, my first time using Photoshop was when I was in junior high. It must have been 2003. Okay. 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 So like 2003 Photoshop. Yeah. Photoshop 03, I imagine, is, is pretty comparable to what I'm using today. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> uh, not at all. And like, No, I know, I know, I know. Photoshop used to be one of those things that was so like you needed the extra classes and the training to do something as simple as removing a background for something. Now, sure. at the you know snap of a finger and a specific tool, you can easily remove backgrounds from stuff. And to me, that is not necessarily something that is hurting me, the consumer trying to create nice products out there. It's actually making it easier and more accessible for people to learn that skill and to be able to do that skill. Um, what I, the comparison to AI... AI has found a way to take technology and things we already did and for us to repurpose it in much more accessible ways for people. And it's leaning to that point where we have to be teaching people how to use AI and how to effectively make sure that people don't get fall, fall far behind with this kind of stuff. Now, we were talking before recording with um, Microsoft. Microsoft is a huge investor in AI itself. It has a, a vested interest in making sure that um, AI is something that is a profitable thing for their company in one way or another. So I am not shocked that a company, one of the biggest tech companies in the world, is pushing AI on things. And I understand yes. that there is a human cost for it, um, but like looking around the world, the world itself is so darn expensive nowadays. <laughs> like everything costs so much money. Um, and like, I, I don't, when I see this AI stuff happening and all like the changes, it's, it's one of those, like the first time in my life that I can truly see, I'm, I'm cognizant enough to see that we are at this like tipping point of a new technology that is going to quickly change the world. Um, I'm not saying for the better because I think cell phones itself is something that changed the world, maybe not for the better, <laughs> for the convenience of it, that yeah. it's just going to be interesting to see how this stuff keeps happening. And it'll be interesting to see the more and more that people accept dealing with AI and dealing with the less human-like qualities of their writing and things like that. But I personally see nothing wrong with using AI to help edit something that you wrote or using AI to help come up with like a list of things that you're looking for or as a start, a starting point for research. 
I think that that you are you are right on the money there at the end. Like in terms of it being a tool, I think it can be very helpful, right? But I don't think that it should be replacing a person's job. Do you know what I mean? I use AI in Photoshop, weirdly enough. Um, I use a content aware fill. Do you know what that is? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, like I just for those who don't, uh, it's basically I select an area that I want. Um, so like if I, if I had a picture of you and me, but I wanted you to be removed from the photo, I could like select the area that you're in and use a content aware fill and the AI in Photoshop would just take a look at everything else that's in the area around where Justin is and give me a really quick, like, um, a mask that I could just throw over it and it'll just make Justin disappear. And it's really helpful. I could do that myself. Um, I know how <laughs> to like to like blend something together and, and and hide something like that. But it's extraordinary. It's an extraordinarily helpful tool that I use. That said, Photoshop also has a tool of a um, generative fill. I think it's what it's called, where basically you can like type a command in about like you, you can take like a blank space and type microphone and like it'll just show up with an image, an AI generated image of a microphone. And then you can expand the, the space even further and just like expand the image. And it looks bad because it's AI generated images, right? But like people have, have attempted to use that sort of stuff as a replacement for a person creating images, right? Creating art essentially. And there is a very big difference between trying to use an AI to wholesale come up with ideas Versus me, the person who says, you know what, I want to remove this person from this photo so that I can do this, right? That is so different from using AI as the tool to help me do that versus using AI as a tool to just completely make something. Does it make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because... And, and so, like, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying about, like, AI, use it to edit your papers. Yeah, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great tool to do stuff like that when there is already the human input in there to help you figure out how to do this or that or whatever. But, like... But also, like, you have to have a brain to do it. Like, I use Grammarly. It's not an AI, but it's a, it's a essentially just a chat bot, right, that, that reads my stuff and says, like, hey, there's an error here. And sometimes I'm like, oh, Grammarly, thank you so much for catching that. And 50% of the time I'm like, Grammarly, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, so, so, like, you have to have the brain to, like, realize what, what it is that is, is being addressed. But um, I guess we'll see what happens with that. Uh, like I said, the... Response to this has been pretty, at least from what I have seen, pretty um, overwhelmingly negative. <laughs> uh, but that that also might just be my, like my follow my my. Uh, what's the word like? The, the people around me, oh yeah yeah, yeah. Are, are pretty staunchly opposed to that sort of yeah. stuff. But it's the new and up and coming thing, and it just is is set to. Uh, upset the balance of power in a very concerning way for a lot of jobs in a lot of industries. So, and I think specifically in game dev too, right on the back of 6,000 people over 6,000 people out of work this year alone. Like it is a very scary thing, you know? Um, what a stupid future we live in, right? How cool. I mean, like we, we designed robots to do everything for us, but we did not design a system that allows us to then not have to work. <laughs> we just how fucking we just made our lives more busy somehow. Well, now we have more time yeah. to do more work. Well, now you have to work six different jobs to eat soup for dinner. Anyway, soup is awesome. I don't know why. Yeah, I said you said it like that. a slur. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't eat your soup. I had, 
I had soup for dinner tonight. It's awesome. Uh, chicken tortilla soup. Come on. Nothing better. It's pretty good. That. Pretty good. You put some, some sour cream on top of it. Um, I did not. Oh. I, all my sour cream went into the cheesecake I made for um, our guests. It's, it's always coming back, dude. It was. It was a the the accoutrement at the party. The the um, what's the word? Like um, little dishes. Yeah. Very good. Okay. All right. Very yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. Um, speaking of Microsoft, though, uh, Phil Spencer went and visited Blizzard. We we heard about that a few weeks ago at this point, um, but. Uh, the current Blizzard president, Mike Ybarra, I think I'm saying that correctly, or I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong, um, spoke about what the deal means to them, and to, to him as well as the rest of the company, and he said this, I think the way Xbox boss Phil Spencer approaches building teams and focusing on culture and enabling creative freedom is going to give Blizzard a lot more of that sense of being an independent studio than ever before. Um, that's what I really mean when I talk about a new era of possibilities of empowerment of serving players even better than we ever have. Um, we were talking before we started, um, about how apparently Activision, um, did a lot to kind of throttle what Blizzard was working on. Uh, I, I thought that Blizzard owned Activision. Is it the other way around? Um, I thought Activision Blizzard, they kind of melded it was a murder right like like i assumed that they would have operated independently but clearly i was what's his face was the head of it all bobby Kotick, right yeah yeah (laughs) you got full body one person i want to be replaced with ai is that man oh yeah oh yeah um but so so uh it seems like blizzard will be able to act a little bit more independently and not have to worry about what activision has to say um under the new xbox leadership uh it'll be curious to see what exactly that means to my understanding xbox is pretty hands-off with its studios um for a lot of different things obviously that goes a little against the grain from what we've heard about with like the the bethesda stuff in terms of like xbox saying hey you have to make starfield exclusive you know what i mean um and like elder scrolls an exclusive but i don't know what do you think about this? I mean, I think those are two different kind of things here. When you're talking about the creative freedom, I feel like that's great to have the people at the companies in charge of that. When it comes to the yeah. bigger business plan, I'm sure that's when when Xbox has to come down and like be like, no, this is what we have to do in order to make sure that we're marketing this in a certain way and get people there. And ultimately, did Microsoft make the wrong choice of making Starfield an exclusive? Absolutely not, because that game blew up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, Huge deal for them. Um, so I think... When whenever you have like no matter what job you're in, at a certain point you're gonna hear people complaining about how they're told to do stuff from the higher ups. And the higher ups suck, my boss sucks, my you know, my manager sucks, all this kind of thing. Because whenever you're told to do something, you don't like that person. <laughs> yeah. Cause it goes against what you wanna do or what you know is effective and what you wanna know, like what you can do. So if Microsoft is gonna have a more laissez faire kind of uh idea here when it's a hands off, we're gonna let the companies do what they want to, we're gonna support them with anything that we want, we still read the benefits of their of their profits and everything like that we are going to make sure that we have a couple of microsoft based things in there i'm sure that is going to be the best thing for these companies in the long run so the more times you can allow people to have creative freedom i think that's great and i also think that um, microsoft has been doing a pretty good job about growing their brands even you know as we talked about how many xbox games are these like story for like games that we are super into xbox is bigger than ever right now it's more yeah. more recognized than ever and it's now worth more than ever because of their acquisition of activision blizzard so 
No, and you you make a really good point there, too. And, and to clarify what I was sort of talking about, like before with like the Sony games versus Xbox games, like it's not to say I haven't enjoyed Xbox games. I hated them. Every like, single like, one. First they party. Yeah, you hate They're them. They're the all. worst. Um, obviously, like I'm trying to think of recent memory. Um, Halo, I liked. What did they do last year? Anything? <laughs> For sure. Uh, they did some stuff. Was it Gran Turismo? Not Gran Turismo. Um, Xbox Forza. first party games. that was in forza horizon right i think it was like a, that was the year that was a year with halo yeah i think it was like an exceptionally like slow year last year because they moved everything out of there what's that geez they've had they've had a rough <laughs> few little while here um but it doesn't matter because like as much as like anything you say like i'm gonna play liza p on xbox because that's where it's on game pass you know what i mean like they don't need to have all the first party stuff because they have enough good support and game pass is still a fucking amazing deal absolutely agree uh psychonauts 2 was 2021 so was halo infinite and um forza horizon 5 that's a good year for them age of empires 4 damn um yeah like uh, there wasn't a whole lot for me last year specifically, but like, did I use Game Pass a fuck ton? I did. Have I been using Game Pass a fuck ton this year? Absolutely. Hi-Fi Rush, that's them. Great. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, Fortnite, Epic Games. Uh, two things about them here. The first is that they did their original, the return of their original map. Um, the uh, original Battle Royale map returned. Uh, it's going to be a quick little month-long event from November 3rd until December 2nd. Um, I've not jumped back in, although I probably will with my friends, uh, cause I remember, I remember playing Fortnite originally. I remember getting my ass absolutely stomped into the ground, um, because of you had to build and I didn't like the build. So the no build stuff is cool, but, um, Fortnite tweeted that they had saw some pretty excellent success with this. They said that uh, we're blown away by the response of hashtag Fortnite OG. Yesterday was the biggest day in Fortnite's history with over 44.7 million players jumping in and 102 million hours of play. Um, to all Fortnite players, OG and new. Thank you. Um, and Fortnite.gg, which is a third party um, tracker for concurrent players. Obviously, they can't use like Steam DB or anything like that because it's Epic Games exclusive, um, said that there were six million, uh, over six million people playing the game at a single point, which is just totally wild. Um, what do you think of this? It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, it hits on that nostalgia in a perfect way, um, bringing it back to a nice, much more simple version of Fortnite. It shows you how many people started off with Fortnite and maybe have like kind of like fallen off once things got more, you know, uh, big. I guess you could say. Um, and to have this many people jump back in for something like this, it just shows you the power of Fortnite still. I'm still shocked, and, and um, it's insane to me how many of my students play Fortnite to this day. Um, and, you know, for it seems like almost every year since it's been out, when I ask kids what they've done over the weekend, so many of them will just say, played Fortnite, played Fortnite, played yeah. Fortnite, played Fortnite. Today in one of my classes, I legitimately said, like, how many of you have played Fortnite this weekend? And half the class raised their hand. Yeah. Which is it's, shocking. It's, it's wild, yeah. right? And especially, so... Uh, six years ago, by the way, was when that came out. Ah. So, like, if you think about, like, how old your students were six years ago, like, the absolute oldest kids were 12. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, that's just wild, right? Like, the youngest kids were six? Uh, they no. were 13 to 14, so... Th yeah, thir so... Seven, seven or eight, yeah. <laughs> eight? Like, oh, fuck, yeah. right? Uh, I was in college, holy Woo! shit. Um, so, that's, that's, that, it's so wild, right? Um, but I think it's interesting, like... Fortnite is is such a great thing for kids, especially now, because I feel like we've seen, and I could talk about this for nine hours, but I feel like we've seen um, 
a real uh, dissolve. Like, I feel like we've seen spaces for children dissolve over the past 15 years. Like, public spaces for kids just, like, disappeared, right? Like, malls are all gone. Kids can't hang out in fucking Target anymore without being tailed by security or or whatever. Uh, Kids can't hang out in parking lots without cops being called or parks. You know what I mean? So, like, where do they go? Where do they what do they do? Well, they'll play video games together and they get to hang out in Fortnite, which is a place for them to be creative and to, to you know, fuck around. You know what I mean? So I, I think Fortnite is such a good thing for children specifically. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not surprised that this is as big as it is. Yeah, I, I think uh, Epic is probably pleasantly happy with all of this sudden. I imagine that comes as a as a uh, cold. <laughs> <laughs> cold comfort for them uh, as as this sort of story has leaked here uh that five years into the uh launch of the epic game store uh it is still unprofitable <laughs> which is is pretty rough basically um according to the verge uh they have been reporting on um an antitrust lawsuit against google that uh, epic game store is is currently in and um according to them uh, the Epic Game Store is not prop- pro- profitable uh, and that Epic Games reportedly believed that it could get half of all PC gaming revenue, so, <laughs> which is a lot. Right. If you think about like Steam, they thought that they were going to be like 50 percent of that market share if they just kept paying to have exclusives on the Epic Game Store. Um, so like there are plenty of different games, right, that are Epic Game Store exclusives. And every single time I hear about that, I hear like people roll their eyes and like groan about it. Um, I think Alan Wake 2, like, for example, is an Epic Games Store exclusive because Epic Games published it. Um, all sorts of stuff uh, are, are like exclusively on there. And so apparently Epic thought that they could just keep spending money and that they would eventually get that share. But I do not think they have because um, like we're saying here it's just it's not profitable still um also they were hoping for 50 percent, and according to vgc um valve takes a uh oh no, no, sorry I'm, i misread that anyway um, um but i hate gambling i hate it i oh, interesting. love money i love having money and i hate I hate losing money, no matter how, what, whatever the dominant denomination is. If you ever see one at my lowest, it's after I bought something that's more than like a hundred bucks. And the reason I bring this up is because a lot of the times this stuff is a gamble. And people always say with gambling, in order to make money, you have to have money. <laughs> like in order yeah. to really start to get those high stake things, you got to put a lot of money in. And we're looking at Epic. They are trying to make money by putting a lot of money into it. Unfortunately, that gamble is not working out because there's something like Steam that is such like the industry standard for, I think, as a, as a games launcher out there. You're not just going to take it away. Like, it's harder to do it than just that. And the fact that, that Epic is still behind having something like Fortnite, such a popular, I mean, what, 44 million 44 million yep. people. That's insane. <laughs> in a single, in a single day. <laughs> and they still can't do this. I mean, at a certain point, like this is just a gamble that, that Epic is just not able to like pay their way out of. They don't have enough money to make it bigger um, than what steam is. And um, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, do you, how do you blame them? Do you blame them? I mean, they're, they're trying, trying to get the market it's share. Ambitious. Yeah. Right. And I mean, like you look at something like Microsoft and Microsoft was able to just spend their way into being the people who do Game Pass. Yeah. Right. Like 
they have the money to just spend their way to do that. We've talked about this. Sony doesn't, right? So, like, you look at something like what Microsoft was able to do and, like, you know, Epic Games, very profitable, or they've claimed that it's not, but, like, Epic Games has a lot of money at the very least to spend or had. They, they're making a lot to, of money, but they're spending a lot of money. More, yeah. right. I guess, when I'm, like, I'm, I'm not, like, saying this properly. What I'm trying to say is, like, I could understand the idea of, like, well, we see Microsoft doing that. We don't have as much money as Microsoft, but... If we just follow their model of just pay as much money for this as possible, you know, Sony does the same thing about paying for exclusives, right? Pay as much money as if this is possible, we will get an audience. Five years in, not the case. So it's like, what do you do from here? I don't know. That's that's rough, yeah. guys. Uh, uh, you just said, right, like, it's a gamble. It was less of a gamble for something like Microsoft, who has the money. But I imagine the Game Pass was not super profitable when it first launched right and now it has been able to be built up and they were able to take whatever hits they took in order to make it profitable but yeah it's rough that's real rough. it is it is um and again i just looked at the difference between microsoft versus epic um epic is worth um <laughs> this is fucking insane this is money a uh, 32 billion dollars that's how much the company Jeez. was in 2022 um how, how much do you think microsoft is worth at this point um if Epic is thirty-two billion, I'm going to say Microsoft is two hundred billion dollars. Two point six five trillion dollars, Peter. Yep. All right. Sure. Yeah, um, I was off by about ninety yeah. percent. <laughs> um, I would like two percent of that, please. Um, oh yeah. Fuck yeah. But um, I really do think Game Pass was one of those things that, from the start, was such a slow trickle of just giving you know such a good deal to people, and they kept adding to it in a way that I don't think is a silly gain. I don't think their 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 acquisition of Bethesda was a silly acquisition. I don't think their um, acquisition no. of Activision Blizzard was a silly acquisition. They've just been making really smart choices that is only going to make Game Pass and their service worth more and more and more, um, all while boosting their tech side of things too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're doing it the right way. I think they have been doing it the right way for a long time, and um, more people want to be like where Microsoft is right now. But uh, takes more than money. Yeah, absolutely. Though two point six trillion does help, you know. <laughs> Having two point six trillion dollars, yeah, I imagine does give you some money to throw on. That said, like obviously that's not only games, right? Like Microsoft is fucking everything else, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But. Because um, we've talked about this before, right? Like that Xbox has always sort of been up until I feel like recently Microsoft's like, yeah, go play. Yeah. You know, let, let hey, have fun, like, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You'd be good. Yeah. You'd hey, be well, good. what is that? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, now it's it's obviously got some weight of its own to throw around. But um, let's talk about Sony, though. So last week we talked about uh, Bungie uh, and the layoffs there, but it was a pretty new story. So it was still developing a little bit. Here's a quick update on that. Um, so. Last week, Bungie laid off about 8% of its staff, which was roughly 100 people. Um, and two weeks ago, the staff was um, informed that they were going to be missing their revenue targets by 45%. Um, and then layoffs came as a, as a pretty big shock immediately after that. Uh, and that we, we speculated right about how... Um, we speculated a little bit about how, you know, Sony acquires them. They say we're not laying anyone off because of Sony. They lay a bunch of people off. Um, according to, I don't remember who, but I read this. This was from Jason Schreier. Uh, they were saying that the layoffs did not come from Sony. They came from Bungie execs. 
um, which is is pretty pretty sucky, especially when you've got the CEO of the company like tweeting like, "These are all great people." Couldn't have been, you know, we we tried to avoid this, whatever. Like, it, it's it's pretty bad, uh, uh, and it looks looks pretty bad on them, especially because um, it seems like Sony has been has been really relying on Bungie to analyze all of their uh, live service games, which if memory serves from the most recent PlayStation showcase is going to be the next 18 years of Sony development. <laughs> um, we, we heard that, that they put uh, the, the last of us faction game uh, that, that it was either canceled or completely reduced in scope or something like that. According to um, some devs, or the, uh, the director, my goodness, I guess Neil Druckmann, huh? Um, oh no. Uh, Vinit uh, Agarwal, who is a game director there. They've said that um, uh, uh, they're still working on that game in terms of the um, in in terms of the Last of Us factions. But what do you think? I mean, I I would have thought Sony would have saw this writing on the wall during the acquisition. Like they had to have looked carefully at the numbers of Bungie, and they had to like have been thinking strategically about what this acquisition was going to mean um i would assume so it's even more baffling that they would still spend 3.6 billion on bungie um if their whole plan was to tell them about online infrastructure and then cut down the whole company like that seems to be odd i do wonder though you know they they said that they missed revenue targets by 45 percent you know who's setting those revenue targets you know like like that could be the Sony side of things, right? Of saying you need to make this much money, yeah. right? Otherwise, we need to you, you need to reduce your staff. Um, but like, I I don't know, man. Like this this is this is rough. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's and and fans have not responded well to this, which makes sense. Um, a lot of fans have, have sort of talked about like that they're um, kind of out for a while, especially because so many of the, like the community managers got fired, which are like you know so big for like organizing like in-game events and, and and keeping that stuff like at the for like keeping the game working for its current like set of players right like i don't know it's bleak what do you think i i don't know um i'm, I'm reading an article um on game rant by michael beckworth from february 3rd of 2022 um that's talking about um sony uh has still dropped a sizable amount of money on acquiring Bungie, the studio behind Destiny 2, specifically $3.6 billion. Now it's transpired that a fraction of that will be used to make sure none of Bungie's staff leaves. According to Sony's recent earnings report for the third quarter of the 2021 fiscal year, which ends on March 31st, approximately a third of the $3.6 billion acquisition will be spent on a strategy to incentivize Bungie employees into staying with the studio. Which and then yeah. is interesting. <laughs> so of this acquisition, part of it was to retain the talent, and now it seems Staff. like the talent is not only has been retained, but now they're cutting it off at a certain point. Um, and for such a big portion of the acquisition to be dedicated towards employees, it just seems like a... I don't know. It just it, it, it seems like a stranger and stranger stranger acquisition as time goes on. In addition to the fact that I know Destiny is still a pretty popular game, but it is not Fortnite big. It is not Call of Duty big. It is not that type of game anymore. 
And if they're expecting it to make these high financial goals, I don't know. It's just, it's a baffling decision for me. Um, hearing that headline, do you, do you remember what you thought when Sony acquired Bungie? I was like, okay, they're, they're moving their pawns while Microsoft is moving their Kings. Um, and it, it felt like a, a pretty solid buy as a like retaliation makes it sound like they were just like, well, we got to buy someone right now. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, like, like I, I imagine that my, what Microsoft is doing does impact what Sony does, but I don't think that that is the sole reason why they do things right. I think Des, uh, Bungie was a good buy for Sony, regardless of if Act, uh, Activision Blizzard had just been bought by Microsoft. So I remember thinking like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Scoop someone up that can kind of keep you, you know, afloat. But. but now I'm thinking they made this acquisition to make sure that they have good live service games, which seems like a silly strategy to sitting here in 2023 and a silly strategy for Sony to want to focus on these games rather than focusing on its bread and butter of the single player stories that we've talked about. And now that they're just seem to be hemorrhaging money and cutting uh, Bungie down to a certain point, I don't know. It's just... It's very odd all around, and this decision seems stranger and stranger to me in retrospect. I'll say this, um, just in terms of like player counts and stuff. I'm just looking on uh, Steam DB uh, for Destiny Two. Uh, currently, the 24-hour peak of Destiny Two was 37,673 players on Steam alone. Right, that's not counting any sort of console players, which it is also very large on. Um, and so, like, it is. It is certainly certainly not um uh struggling in terms of having having a solid uh uh player base right but like you lose the it it is not fortnite it's not 44.7 million (laughs) no but i guess the question is like when destiny 3 comes out if that ever happens is it going to have, you know, that big of a peak? Because their estimations here, this is so, um, this is so all over the place. Like, it is estimated that there are between 16 million copies and 39 million, huge fucking range, uh, sold, right, of the, of the game on, on Steam, I think. That's on Steam, or if, I don't know if that's, like, full, um, all, all platforms, right? So, that is pretty significant, a pretty significant amount of people who own the game, right? Yeah. So there you go. That's destiny. Um, Speaking of PlayStation, though, uh, the PS5 and PS4 will no longer have any sort of Twitter integration uh, as of next Monday. So the 13th of November, um, there is an announcement uh, that I can read. Do you hear that was pushed uh, for PlayStation consoles? It says uh, important changes to PlayStation communities on your PS5 console. As of November 13th, 2023, integration with X, formerly known as Twitter. Also, can I just say I fucking love that, that. They tr- they rebranded it, but no one knows what the fuck X is. So they always ha- everyone always has to clarify that as Twitter. Masterful gambit, Mister Musk. Um, <laughs> integration with X, formerly known as Twitter, will no longer function on PS5 and PlayStation 4 consoles. This includes the ability to view any content published on X on PS4 slash PS5, and the ability to post and view content, trophies, and other gameplay related activities on X directly from PS5 slash PS4 or link an X account to do so. For details on how to share game captures from PS5, click the button below. So basically, like, you know, you can like share screenshots on Twitter from your PlayStation. You're just not going to be able to do that anymore. 
Um, it seems like you're not even going to be able to access it. I, I'm curious if that's like through the browsers or anything as well. Um, you know, like the the PlayStation browser. I've literally never used that, so I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's the way it seems at the very least. To my understanding, um, Twitter now charges um, a significant amount of money for its API. Uh, so like if you want to integrate Twitter in your thing, um, it costs anywhere between, I think, 42000 and $210,000 per month. So that's between half a million and two and a half million dollars a year to just support Twitter, um, which, hey, if I were PlayStation, I would say, yeah, we don't need that, especially because I think I imagine brands are starting to see the writing on the wall with Twitter. You know what I mean? In terms of like the things that it pushes in terms of its advertisers and whatever. And like no one, you know, brands don't want to advertise when Elon Musk is out here spewing conspiracy theory bullshit and whatever else, you know, like transphobia, like all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a man. I think, okay. Sony clearly has numbers about how many people use this. Oh, a thousand percent. And if they would have seen that like a hundred percent of users use this, I'm sure that's a different situation than seeing half of our users use this twice every two months. Like, do you, yeah. do you tweet from your, your Xbox a lot, uh, your, your PlayStation a lot? Let me see the last time I did. I did actually uh, recently. If you remember, we talked about it on here. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was that Assassin's Creed um, wall that was. F- not there. Uh, so that was the last time. And let me see when the last time before that was. It's, it's going to be, it will have been a while. Um, but also, I don't really do it directly from there. Oh, I didn't do it directly from there. I downloaded it on the app. Because when you tweet directly from your Xbox or PlayStation or whatever, maybe just PlayStation, I don't know about the Xbox, um, you, the quality of, of the image or video is like bad. It's like, like, like sub three whatever p like it's it's really low <laughs> what well, so i um, and part of the reason too is that like there are other ways to still get your screenshots there's other ways to save this stuff there's other ways to do it so if it costs money and they're not giving it to twitter i mean i, I think it makes sense i can't fault sony for doing this um i don't think yeah. it's as egregious as like if they just decided to I can't even think of a of a tech company that they just did like, that they would change it to. Um, like I, I don't think it's a huge deal. <laughs> I think it's a huger deal for um, X personally. Oh yeah, I, I think I think they are like I think uh, what's it called? Uh, PlayStation's <laughs> gonna be fine. Like literally, it's gonna be fine. Um, this is a big deal for X for Twitter losing um, like. <laughs> people t- easily tweeting gameplay stuff like because that sort of stuff goes viral and it is good for good for your you know uh uh numbers and whatever but yeah i don't know and didn't it's didn't yeah. microsoft already do this um i don't i don't know but that sounds right to me that sounds right um yeah okay so xbox tweeted on april 20th of 2023 so recently we have had to disable the ability to share game uploads to Twitter directly from the console and game bar on Windows. You can still share your favorite moments to Twitter via the Xbox app for Android and iOS. Yeah, you just download it. Very similar to throw it to on there. there. So, yep. Can't wait till Nintendo does that. Can you even do that on a Nintendo? <laughs> no, you have to. You uh, have to scan the QR code okay, yeah. to connect to the Switch. Yep. Scan the second QR code 
and it'll open a browser, a link, a browser for you, and then you can download ten images at a time to your phone or one gameplay clip. I think. Got it. And then if you press another button, you get a high pitch uh, screech that goes out to make the hamster wheel that powers Nintendo's internet to go, so it can more effectively um, run internet things and actually have a a good little. A good little uh, browser on that stupid little switch. Nintendo is really bad every- at their online stuff, aren't they? Yeah, no one's ever brought that up before. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's one of the the worst systems I've ever used. And while the switch is probably the better one of all of theirs, that doesn't really make it better. It's as good as it's ever been, but like my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> See, this got brought up, I think, on the Next Lander podcast recently. I've been listening to them a lot lately. Uh, I, I think they, they've got some some good stuff going on there. But, like, it's wild that you cannot lock your Switch. Do you, you ever think about that? You just have to press the button like, three times. Yeah, but you, can, but there, you can't, like, if I lost my Switch, like, you know, my debit card information's on there. You know? Yeah. But, like, if I lost it and someone picked it up, they can just open it. Like, there's no, like... Wait, I'll like actually lock that or like lock an account. I don't think, but it's just weird. Would you ever think if you lost your pants, you'd lose your, uh, your three cards? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know that if I get flipped upside down, my Cheesecake Factory gift card, my credit card, and my driver's license will fall out of my pants. Um, it's happened. Not like, fl- I was not like flipped upside down, but like I've sat in a way that like, you get, you, you, know, like you get, cross my legs on the side of a couch and my, my cards have just all fallen out. You get caught in a snare, like in The Last of Us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if that happens, fucking say goodbye to my Cheesecake Factory gift card. Yeah, where's that scene? If I get, like, if I get picked up by a, by a, a, a troll in the dungeon, <laughs> uh, like in, in Harry Potter 1, yeah, fucking, I won't need Wingardium uh, Leviosa to, to lift something above its head. That Cheesecake Factory <laughs> gift card is flying right out, sticking right in his nose or whatever happens. It's been a while since I've watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else here, Justin. Um, the Escapist. This broke like just now, like 30 minutes ago. I guess like an hour and a half at this point. Um, but like The Escapist, the, the website, the gaming website that you probably know for hosting and... Um, uh, publishing zero punctuation if you if you remember that um from forever <laughs> they've been doing that show forever um the escapist uh editor-in-chief was fired um let me see specifically what he said here um loading what's his name nick calandra uh, calandra yeah um he said this I thought I'd have it by then. He's tweeted a lot since then. I know. I'm scrolling down um, a lot of retweets here. Here it is. Uh, yeah, he's been retweeting all the other people who have quit or been also been fired. He said, I was fired from The Escapist today. He's the editor-in-chief, by the way. I've declined my severance pay, and I will not be signing an NDA. I'm incredibly proud of everything my team and I achieved over the last four years and the community that we built together, figuring out the next steps now and moving forward. I was let go for, quote, not achieving goals, quote, that were never properly set for us and the lack of understanding of our audience and team that built that audience. I've watched many colleagues be let go for the same reasons, and today was my day. Um, and he was locked out of his email and stuff like that from uh, while he was fired, which makes sense. That happens. Um, that quick. But, yeah. You, you get locked. I mean, it, in my experience, when we have had to let people go, you are immediately locked out of those accounts. That's cool. Um, 
just because like you, you can't have any sort of internal information anymore. You know what I mean? It oh. sucks, but like that's just how it goes. That's why you um, back up but everything. Following that, the rest of the video team or the, the video team and a lot of other people from Escapist have either been fired or have um, is Nick Frost, not Nick Frost. What's his real name? Um, I thought it was Nick Frost, but I guess it's not Nick Frost. I thought it was Nick. Jack, the guy he does. He does cold cold take is is the name of his show on the escapist. Um, He also quit quit Darren Mooney, who does a lot of columns for the escapist also quit. And the real kicker is Yahtzee Croshaw, creator and voice and maker of uh, Zero Punctuation, the review show, the foul mouth review show, um, game review show uh, has also quit. And um, that is pretty significant because. While the escape escapist does some solid reporting uh, and some solid stuff there, zero punctuation is the escapist brand. You go on the escapist.com and you are seeing the is your punctuation imps. Um, let me see here. The escapist. Um, all of their shows use the like stick figure characters that uh, uh, zero punctuation uses. Um, it, this is a pretty significant uh, departure, but Yahtzee tweeted um, today. I formally resigned from the escapist and gamers. Gamers is the uh, parent company that owns the escapist. Now I don't have the rights to zero punctuation, but whatever happens, you'll be hearing my voice again soon in a new place. Join the discord for updates in the coming days. Um, so zero punctuation is ostensibly just done, which is wild because I mean, he's been doing this since like 2007. Yeah. Yeah. July 24th, 2007. Um, Jeez. And, and like I said, it is just so wild that they would <laughs> sort of do like he didn't he he resigned. Right. He was not fired. Uh, you would not fire this guy, the guy who is responsible solely for your brand. But like if you fire the management and the people that these guys are close with and like are part of all of this. And as Nick said, like uh, that, that it was he he was fired because he didn't meet the goals that that um were laid out for him that were not clearly uh uh communicated to him like yeah i would leave too like i if if i were seeing the writing on the wall they're like yeah like i understand why all these people have left um so it seems like the like a lot of the people from the escapists are teaming up to do something independently unclear what exactly that's going to be happening because obviously it's been um three hours (laughs) since all this has gone down but like damn holy shit this is a big deal in my opinion. And I can't stress enough how in life it's important to have a boss that legitimately does what you're doing <laughs> yes. or did what you're doing. Um, because if you did not have that, if you did not have that touchstone, your boss does not have that like understanding of your industry and your job and your thing like that, you're just not going to have good communication with them. They're not going to understand your needs. You're not going to understand what their needs are. And I think a lot of these times in, in games journalism, these big companies, these big tech companies pick up these 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 publications and they don't give a shit about video games. They care about numbers, clicks, and views. And you can speak to this better than I can, I'm sure, um, and the idea that they are actually, you know, trying to, to foster good journalism is not true. They're trying to foster clicks and income. Um, this reminds me of Epic Games, believe it or not, and Bandcamp. They bought a company that was profitable, but not profitable enough for them and fired everyone and, and sold it for, for, I imagine way less than they bought it for yep. because they just fucking destroyed the value of it. Um, uh, it, I'll speak candidly here. I don't know if I will ever work for a gamer's publication. Um, again, 
I don't think that they're a particularly um, responsible parent company. Uh, I worked for a site, uh, GameSkinny, when they got acquired by gamers. And I think that the people who ran GameSkinny are all great people. But I think that um, gamers w- is not is not reader forward. And for all of the reasons that we've discussed, right, I think that the, it is a company that values um, bigger numbers over the fact over numbers that already look pretty good, you know. Um, they are also, believe it or not, a company that's really interested in AI. What? Uh, and having AI write a bunch of articles. Um, they wanted, <laughs> like, it was like 250 AI written articles to be going up on, like, I think GameSkinny a day. And, like, dog. And they basically were trying to, like, like reassure everyone, like, that, um, no, 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 like, you're not going to lose, like, this won't replace anyone's work. This is going to be, like, articles that aren't worth having a human write. And it's like, so you want to dilute the 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 waters of what we are publishing on our website by 250 articles a day full of things that you think are not worth writing for a person? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, I was a part of that slack when all that was going down, and then I got the job I have, and then I told the editor-in-chief, hey, I, you know, I unfortunately can't can't freelance for you anymore, and I was removed from the slack. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Um, as soon as you press Jonathan Moore, Jonathan Moore, good editor-in-chief, he's a great guy. Um, he, he, um, picked me up. I did a bunch of reviews and then some news for him. Uh, could only say good things about him and working with Game Skinny, um, at that point, but, um, tough stuff right here. Is there, can we end <laughs> positively? Do we have a, a positive story? Uh, kind of. Miles Morales is apparently going to be the main Spider-Man from here on out, or is he? Wait, I, wait a um, second. I thought you said a positive story. I'm outraged. Miles Morales isn't my Spider-Man. Yeah, it's so weird that people get so fucking mad about that sort of stuff. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I guess I just like him <laughs> as a character uh, in, in like pretty much every iteration of him. I, I do just like Miles Morales, um, but people are like mad that that this is what um, Insomniac is kind of going for moving forward. I also don't know necessarily why this is like such a big news story because I thought it was pretty clear that um, like I, I thought it was pretty clear at the end of Spider-Man 2. Uh, spoilers. Sorry. Hold on. Spoilers for Spider-Man 2. If you're interested in not being spoiled by the end of the game, I don't think this is like a huge like spoiler, like in terms of story and whatever, but like, hey, if you don't want to hear about it, um, then I think you you best not listen in the moment. Uh, you can find all you know what to do. I'm stumbling over my words here. Spoilers for Spider Man Two. It's a good game. Go play it. It's not that. Long. That's not a spoiler. All we, all, we all we all talk about how it's a good game. True, true, true. Um, at the end of Spider Man Two, like I think it is pretty clear that Miles is sort of picking up the torch for Peter and it's not that Peter has retired, but like, I think miles says it pretty succinctly, like you gotta be Peter Parker for a little while. I got this, you know? Um, and so like, it's controversial, controversial, I guess that, that this is happening, but I don't know. I, I really like miles, especially this interpretation of miles. Um, and so him being the new Spider-Man, uh, felt like what that game was trying to do anyway. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I think it totally makes sense. I think, a few things that I don't like is that I don't feel like where Miles' story was going in that game 
it necessarily made sense for him to just give up on that and be Spider-Man because we've all seen if there's one thing about Spider-Man, it's hard to balance your life and be Spider-Man. And I do feel like (laughs) the game was even playing around with that with Miles, how he was having a hard time balancing his life while being Spider-Man. So basically, uh, uh, you you have Peter being like, I'm done. And then Miles is like, you know what? Why don't I just take more on my plate? I got nothing else going on. Um, I think that could be a fair criticism. But in terms of like not thinking that Miles can be his own Spider-Man, I think is insane. He's clearly stronger than than Peter. He's clearly way stronger than Peter. <laughs> like Peter, first of all, needs to, to fuse with an alien and use these tentacle arms to even be as like combat efficient as Miles look, is. Look at what they do. Like to mimic even a fraction of our power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, like I think it is very clear. Like at the end of that game, like, hey, Miles is like, v- like very much more powerful than Peter. I don't know, maybe not with the anti-venom stuff, but like what I'm trying to say is like, like it is very clear that he has come into his own. You yeah. know, um, it's also worth pointing out that like, like uh, this IGN ar- article, uh, it, it's titled um, as it loads here. It uses the word main. Hold on a second. Marvel Spider-Man Two devs say Miles Morales is quote is the quote main and quote Spider-Man from now on. Um, which they didn't. Also, hey guys, they didn't say that. I read the I read the interview. Um, the interviewer asks about the main Spider-Man. Um, let's see here. Um, what is the question? Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man. So here, here, this is the question that is asked. Uh, you said earlier you basically knew right away you wanted playable Venom. Does that also apply to the ending this game with Miles as the, quote, main Spider-Man from now on? Um, but they don't, like, their response is, like, about, like, how they wanted uh, the story to go and, and about Miles coming to his own. But they don't, like, directly say, like, yes, Miles is the new main Spider-Man. Like, I would be shocked if Peter was not playable or was not a character in the next game, right? Like, that would be that would be pretty wild because... Peter Parker is such an influential Spider-Man, but also like, I don't care. Miles is great in this game and he's great in the other game as well. Like, what do you guys want? Yeah. I mean, man, it would, I just don't know what they're going to do if they introduce a third Spider-Man. That's a woman. How are they possibly going to get over that hurdle? What are the gamers going to do? There's gay people all over (laughs) Spider-Man too. What? What? You play a mission where you play as a deaf woman, and it's really good. What? What? Do you, I, do you think? Do you think like these sorts of people just really dislike like interesting, captivating stories? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I don't even. Here's here's what's crazy to me too. Like I get like I don't get it, but like I understand that like homophobia exists, and so if you're a homophobic person and you see that there's a mission where Miles helps. Uh, a, a guy ask another guy to a prom or homecoming or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, I guess if you're homophobic, you could be outraged about that. But like the mission where you play as, as Haley, uh, uh, miles's girlfriend or like the girl he likes or whatever she is to him. Um, and she's deaf. And like, there's that really interesting, like all the sound cuts out for the most part. And it's like, what are you even mad about? What are the, like people were really mad about that. Like what literally are you mad about? I don't understand it. You know, like, 
I, I guess like it, it's ableism, right? But like, and that exists and, and is also a big deal. But like, ah, what I'm trying to say is like, what the fuck are you all mad about? Miles Morales is a good Spider-Man. Uh, watch the movies that he's in. They're fucking great. Play the uh, the game. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, fucking great. Play Spider-Man 2. It's fucking great in this too. What do you want from <laughs> Why did they, is it, why did they call it Spider-Man 2? Oh, such a good point, Justin. Spider-Man. Do you see that all these people are really like complaining about like it's not you can't you can't fucking order a hot dog, you can't call a cab, you can't do all these things. Uh like complaining it's not like a sandbox. And then this guy quoted like this man wanted this game and it was like an image of just like Miles in his like parka coat and Pete as like the professor at the beginning of the game and it just says man too. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I kind of wanted that game. <laughs> yeah, I'd play Man too. I'd mean, give it a shot. Um, but there you go. That is um, the news for this week. Before we go, I want to remind you that you can join our Discord. The link to that is in the description of this episode. You can also follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod. You can support us on Patreon if you've got a few dollars uh, just burning a hole in your pocket like a Cheesecake Factory gift card. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Hitbox pod, become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 deluxe podcast producer like Jane Noll, like Dave Parker and like GKS for additional 30 minute bonus episodes every single week. If you can't do that, that's fine. Uh, rate us on your podcast player of choice. That does mean a lot to us. Justin, am I lo- missing anything here? I was going to pull out my wallet and pull out the weirdest thing I have in my wallet, but I got some bad news for you. What you got? My wallet's not in there. My pocket. It's somewhere. Probably in my car. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I was going to show you, like, prove to you that, like, I do have this Cheesecake Factory gift card in my pocket at all times, but I'm not wearing my, like, outside pants right now. I'm wearing pants, but, like, I'm not wearing my, Outside like, pants, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. So there you go. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>